I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chaffin. L.A., Los Angeles. How long were you out there for? I was out there for um, like a week. All right. Yeah. Good stuff? Oh, yeah. It was great stuff. We did Women of a Certain Age comedy oh, out there. Oh, that's awesome. So, but, and it was sold out. And it was standing room only. And it was just oh, that's great. It was a lot of shit. That's so cool. Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty amazing. Pretty so. cool. You kind of, um, how long have you been? Like a year, I guess, you've been doing this? Or? Stand-up? Yeah, no, a couple of weeks. Not, not stand-up, Goofy. <laughs> the uh, Women of a Certain Age. We premiered last September at the Cinderblock Comedy Festival. And so it's been a little over a year. Yeah, see, I was dead on. So you as, were. as you're fucking making fun of me. <laughs> yes, yeah. you were dead on. But it's taken off, yeah. so it'll knock on no, plastic great. wood. You know, I think it's, uh, it's fun. So what, you did theater shows out there? Yeah, we did a show at Beyond Baroque in, uh, in Venice Beach. And okay. we had Wendy Liebman and um, Lisa great. Ann Walter and cool. uh, a couple of former writers, uh, Sue Kalinske and Monica Piper and Bernadette Luckett. They were all ex-sitcom writers. And so oh, that's great. They, they saw the show before in, when we did it in June, and they were all inspired to come back to do stand-up. So it's my fault. There's more stand-up comics. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was just uh, one of the comics you use, uh, Rhonda Hanson. Yes, she was. I was at a. Uh, I was meeting a friend at the uh, Revolution show, the Prince, the Prince band. Oh, okay. Like, and uh, she was like at the front or whatever, and I walked up and. And I think she's a little mad at me or something because I didn't give her stage time or something. And then I was just like, I was like, hey, what's up, Prince? And I went to fist pound her and she wouldn't like fist pound me back. And I was like, you can hate me as a comedian, but we're here for Prince. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you can hate me because I don't book you, but Prince's music is happening tonight. Can't we just let go of that can't for a second? Get along? Can we just have some purple moment and oh. not fucking make it? Like, it was so funny. I was like, stormed off. And, oh. and then she was in the back just dancing bars. She forgot all about it. She's just dancing. Every, yeah. I'd never seen somebody dance so long in my life. She danced to every single song. Well, it's but the revolution. It is. I was dancing a little bit. I, I get old, man. I have my earplugs. I'm sitting down. You know how it is. Yeah, uh, yeah I do know how it is because I'm way fucking older than you. I no, oh, but you know it's, it I'm is. not. The, you know, it's like there is. You're not. You're either 20 or you're not. No, yeah. I mean we went to yeah. see ACDC a couple of years ago, and I was so exhausted from that concert. Oh, yeah. But I was like a kid. There are photos it's of me good looking. Tired. It's a good time. Oh yeah. my god, there yeah. are photos of me looking like a kid in the candy store. Oh, I was sure. so happy because I'd never seen them. Yeah, so. it gets that last bit of youth. And I got. I got gone to see after Angus the show. before he died. So yeah, uh, not Angus, Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm. Malcolm, but Angus Malcolm. is pretty fucking old too. So I don't. I think he could still do another tour. Oh, he looked great. Like I'm sure when you saw him, what, oh, I'm not sure. It was last year, a couple of years. Couple of years ago, yeah. it was at the uh, Meadowlands. Yeah, he was still in a uh, diaper and like I know, you know just, just like spinning on his back. I love him. Like, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Like when you're making money, that you still have that enthusiasm. You know what I mean? But you see some comics that, uh, that are comedians that are older, and you're like, yeah, you're not making, you're still making shit money. It's right. like you're not, you're not yeah. giving it that. You're not you giving know. it your all. Yeah, yeah. It is funny. You see some people, and you're like, because I feel like, because I can't imagine. I can I imagine like Chips Cooney, like as a young comic, like that being like, you know maybe a little more enthusiastic and then now when you're older and you're like wearing a diaper on stage and stuff i don't know man it's got to be a weird transition to like like i don't know well you know what here's what's so funny about that you mentioned that particular person because i knew him when he with his real name when he used to do his stand-up on his real real name a billion years ago because i've been yeah do you know chips cooney anthony I know the name, but yeah. I don't really know who. He's like a magician, and um, but he's kind of like the whole shtick is he's kind of like a shitty magician, yeah. but he kind of oh. makes fun of it. Like he'll, right. like you know. Uh, but that he... wasn't what he did back then. Oh, it's it was not. just he... his straight stand-up. That was before the Amazing Jonathan. That was like old school. 
Amazing Jonathan, it's the same vein, but it's a different act. Right, because yeah. okay. Jonathan actually does magic tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's actually a real magician who's being funny, whereas oh, Chips oh. is like... It's like, look, this opens. It's magic, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, it's nothing. Yeah. It's uh-huh. like a Pez head, you know, like yeah. stupid oh. shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. I remember when he was doing just regular stand up. So okay. it's interesting. That's because the magic's definitely better. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, we get in trouble on this show. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Chips Cooney. All your me, Chips Cooney's not listening. Justin Chips Chaken. Cooney's not listening. And I love Chips Cooney. I've worked with Chips Cooney. But he's not listening he's to funny. podcasts. No, I lo- exactly. I love Chips Cooney, but I prefer the magic. Um, yes. Or the making fun of the magic, whatever it is. So, yeah, well, you've, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. you were there. You're around for this this beautiful kind of experiment of stand up comedy in the, um, not the early days, but the mid, I guess the mid boom of it, you know? I started, um, I started mid boom. 79. Yeah. So okay. I was, you know, um, so. It's the cusp. Uh, the cusp of it. Yeah. So when I started, I started at a place called Pips. Oh, yes, sure. I was going to wear the T-shirt, but then I decided to go with happy hour because that's how I'm feeling right now. Um, uh, Some uh, Coke? So you feel like it's the 80s again? Oh, thanks. (laughs) So you want to kill me. Okay, good. So, um, yeah, and so when the people that I started with was uh, people that I was on shows with was Richie Jenny. Okay. And um, Andrew Silverstein, who becomes Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, wow. Ah. And uh, fun fact, most people don't know this about Andrew, but he's an amazing impressionist. And the reason Dice yeah. is is just one of his characters, because he used to come up and do impressions. That's what he yeah. did. And uh, Dice was just became... He's like a Jewish Larry the Cable guy, basically. Right, but yeah. he became... <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's what he did. Um, but, he became but, but, an Italian but, version of that. Right, yeah. but he but yeah. Dice was basically he used to do Fonzie. Sure. And so and then that became that was the one that like and he he does the best Jerry Lewis impression I've ever seen. Hilarious. Yeah. So if you ever run into him, he'll probably be like, Who the fuck told you that? Carol Montgomery. <laughs> that bitch. Anthony doesn't really talk to people. Okay. Uh, are we are we filming me now? We're filming me now. I, this is just it, for Instagram. Comment. Oh, okay. Like, I'm just you're not supposed I, to, I not know, supposed to notice every little just thing. Doing my face <laughs> or my tits. Just your because, tits. Okay, like are you good. kidding me? Really? Come yeah, on. Just my tits. It yeah. just says happy <laughs> Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Definitely, I'm definitely putting that up, by the way. <laughs> so, um, yes. yeah, we do little clips to okay. promote. Like, come I, on. You're not, not supposed to, like, call it out. Like, okay. You know. I'm so sick of... I, I, my show is taking off in a way that when it's yeah. finally where I think it should be, if I hear the fucking word branding again, I'm going to stab somebody in an eye. I'm just over it. <laughs> but it's working. So all yeah. the shit we do... Yay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, it's, yes. yeah. It's, um, I like where this is going. Um <laughs> You, nowhere you've fast. Done a, nowhere fast. Isn't that? That's pretty much stand-up comedy, right? It's like yes, nowhere fast. Yes. I think it's like we. Uh, we yeah, but I did have. I remember when we met. Mm-hmm. You we were working at the Riviera together oh, at God. the comedy that club. That was a there. mess. And that's when you could actually make a living. Yeah, kind of. Comic. Kind of. Well, you know, I mean, I remember the days when, as an opener, you could make money. Sure. So, sure. So, but no, it was better. It was a little better. Yeah. yeah. I got it on the tail end. Like I started on the tail end. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's just like it was starting to kind of like karaoke was starting to get bigger. Big yeah, and so it's like less comedy and more karaoke. Right, and it's 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 very weird to me that because I I used to always just like if I was I could always depend on picking up a phone and saying to somebody, "Hey, I got a fallout last week, next week," and I could pick up work. It was like that. Like yeah. I would, but now you do that, people are like who fucking cares? There's 800 other people that we could use. Sure. So it's a different time. <laughs> yeah, different time. the relationships have changed over and over. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, you've done a bunch of cool shit. Um, you know, you did some Showtime and some. You know, they used to have a lot of cooler shows like 
you know, well, you know, back then. Oh, like, on stand up. Yeah, like stand up shows, like like you know, Friday well, Night used, Videos. And, right. Like there were a lot of cool shows like that. Well, they know, start the first one was HBO Young Comedians, which I didn't do, but I did Showtime's version of it because okay. a lot of people don't know this. But Showtime used to do a thing, which was the, which is such a cool idea. They would go into each city and they would shoot. Uh, you know, the, what they call the Showtime Comedy Club Network. Yeah. So, um, and I think I did, I think the one that I did was in Boston. Because then I got a call about a year later and they said, okay, we're doing the Showtime All-Stars, which yeah. is the best of the group. And we were doing that as a special. So they yeah. do, there was a lot more, like, really good stand-up then. Because the show sure. I was on was with Bill Engvall, uh, uh, John Panette. Nice. Uh, who else was on that show? I'm forgetting all the other people. But, it, you know, so, I mean, those two names alone. Sure. You know, and me. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but that's, yeah. that was my big, that was my, that was the big one. Yeah. Because, but they did that. Now, I, 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 I'm sure you feel the same way. Now I feel like they give a special to everybody. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the way people get specials is a little bit different than it used to be. Right. You know, it's like... Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's like Netflix is good and bad for comedy. I think it's good in the sense that, you know, they are trying to do opportunities. But the problem with Netflix is, you know, they use, they hire the same people that were at other channels that mm -hmm. were just doing the same thing. And then they're just taking it over here and doing the same thing over and over again. Oh, yeah. As opposed to kind of like making Netflix different than maybe another network or whatever. And they just, it's basically it's recycling. Well, I always you know. say about Netflix is Netflix... <laughs> Was that and what do you always say about Netflix? <laughs> no, but I think this really explains it. Netflix was that nerdy guy in high school that yeah. nobody wanted to fuck. And then in his 20s, he became a hedge fund guy. And now everybody wants to fuck him. And that's really yeah. what it was because when I... And Blockbuster is stalking him because they, <laughs> cause the, Blockbuster turned down Netflix. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, Did I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Netflix came to Blockbuster with the idea of streaming and the internet, uh, the, the CDs in the mail and all that wow. stuff. Wow. Uh, the DVDs in the mail. And... Uh, and they were starting their own mail service, and they were looking to go into streaming. They didn't quite wow. figure out what that was yet. Wow! And so Blockbuster was about to, you know, Netflix is trying to do a deal with them, and Blockbuster was like, "Ah, we don't need you. We don't need you." Yeah. Sort of like Rick Messina and Tony Camacho. Yeah. <laughs> when Rick Messina said, he said we should go to L.A., and Tony's like, "Nah, I'll stay in New York." And he ends up, you know, and we all know that story for the for the audience. Rick Messina goes on to manage. Yeah. Tim Allen and Tim Allen, um, right. Drew Carey and Tony Camacho. Embezzles money from Exactly. Uh, from okay. Anyway. So anyway, <laughs> I see where we get in trouble now. Okay, good. Tony, don't, don't, don't come after me. Yeah, All Tony, right. He won't. He, he won't. won't. He's, uh, um, so, yeah. So everybody, Carol Montgomery in the building. Woo! Yay! Yeah. Good Hi. to have you. Good to have you. Good Huge to fan. have you. Um, what I like about you is, um, you know, you maintain... And enthusiasm for stand-up, which is very important for us veteran comedians, that we pass it through the young guys. I mean, yeah. I was just here with a guy, and he's, like, not even old in comedy, and I feel like he's just over it. And it's like wow. some people just, you know, it's wow. just you you have to keep that enthusiasm. Of you course. Know? You have to keep this thing that's, like, you're always excited. You're always, you know, passing that baton to other comedians. Right. And I see, you know, you, you have good... Green room energy, which I think is very rare in this business. <laughs> Thank you. Know? you. <laughs> you're, also, you're amazing on stage, but I, but but I, I don't give a shit about that. You're supposed to be funny, you know what I mean? Right. But it's like off uh, off stage is important. You know that's the energy we take home with us. Right, but it's also because 
you know, I've been doing, there's nothing else I can do. I mean, I think that most comics think that way. That's not true. But, no, I mean, I do other things, but yeah. I just, I... You could have done a bunch of stuff. It's right. just stand-up comedy just sucked you in. Sucked me in, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, anyway, exactly. 40 fucking years <laughs> later, I, I could have killed somebody and been out of jail. This is... So, but... but you yeah, made more money in jail. That's true. Yeah. Just, <laughs> selling rice little packet, packets of the cheese stuff. That's what they do on Orange is the New Black. Anyway, um, I... Um, I Look, if I'm going to do a spot, whether it's working at Greenwich or doing something where I'm working at a you know a high high you know paid corporate gig, you have to bring the same thing. You sure. have to, and so many comics don't. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody walks in and they see that there's you know 20 people. It's like those people don't know that there it's supposed to be 100 people, and you have to give you have to give yeah. exactly. You, you know well you so you you know you give good advice to comedians and you're always kind of like very supportive and stuff are there who like gave you good advice when you were coming up and like said like gems that you keep with you anybody say uh, two, to you? two two people okay. one is your favorite comic nice. okay um, Anthony what did Anthony say <laughs> <laughs> when he was a baby keep fir- at it I said <laughs> the, the, the first thing that I, that I think is great and and this is a and this is and I and I actually ran into the, him recently and I told him that he did that and he was like wow I didn't realize but Sinbad oh, nice. back in the day I was uh, beast and, yeah and I was in LA um, uh, uh, shooting a vid- uh, <laughs> straight to video because they didn't have streaming then called uh, a show called Women Tell the Dirtiest Jokes nice. and it was me and Lois Bromfield and Judy Tenuta and Patty Rossborough and Marsha Warfield that was the cast and uh, we had to work on our stuff. So Sam, and I'll get into him later, but Sam Kennison got me on. He said, I'll get you, I'll introduce you to Mitchie, because I wanted to work on my stuff. And the problem, though, is at the time, the comedy store was notorious for, they were the biggest thieves. And I was so terrified that I was going to do my stuff. My little six minutes, and somebody was going to steal it. My whole act is probably all over the fucking country. Uh Anyway, but... And I was talking to Sinbad, who wasn't anybody. He was just a guy named Sinbad who was doing stand-up, you know. And he, he said to me, Carol, you know what? They can steal your act, but they can't steal you. And that is the best advice I've ever heard. Yeah. Because it, it, I went, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. And, you know, and it was really great advice. Yes and no. I mean, as long as they don't do it right before you get up. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But, but you, oh, you, oh, I have a great story about that. Do you know who Mark Schiff is? No. Mark Schiff uh, opens for Jerry Seinfeld now. Okay. But, but there's uh, those boys. They call themselves oh, I forget the funniest comedians. I forget what it is. But they it's him, Larry, um, Larry Miller, Jerry Seinfeld, Paul Reiser. There's a bunch of other ones. Mark Schiff. Mark Schiff went to do a gig upstate New York. First night, he does his act, and the owner fire comes up to him and he fires him. And Mark goes, "What?" Why are you firing me? I had a great show. He goes, because you stole whoever was there the week before had done Schiff's act the entire week and said that he thought Mark had stolen it. Oh, wow. So he fired him. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was the other guy. Yeah, it was the other guy who I don't remember who it was. But, isn't that? I mean, yeah, the entire act. I mean, it's one thing if you take a joke or two. but Is it? No. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the story with Sam. Now, Sam... Uh, which I know is your hero. He, he was, first of all, I, re- I remember I was a young act in, at Catch a Rising Star, and Robin Williams brought Sam in to the show. 
you know, one night and everything. So, you know, all the comics, they, young comics don't do this as much, but like we would all go in to watch whoever the big person they was. Should, in the com- yeah. Of course they should. Yeah. So, drives me crazy. So, Robin goes on and does his act. <laughs> And he goes, I have this great comic I want to bring on. And this is what Robin's doing an hour, of course. And all, we all knew at that point, fuck it, we're never going on tonight. Okay? And he brings Sam on. And Sam does what Sam does. He clears out Catch Rising Star. <laughs> he clears out the room because they all hated him because nobody knew what he was doing. Sure. Okay? So, uh, and we just became friends. We did, we did road gigs. We did shitty Jersey gigs together. Oh, wow. And same thing. He, I, I remember him. <laughs> Grab after he was, after he was off stage. People were yelling at him, "You suck! Get the fuck out!" He grabs my hand and goes, "We gotta go! We gotta go!" <laughs> but he was such a people don't know this, but he was such a sweet man. So when I was doing this recording was for this, this before Rodney Dangerfield special, or yes, after? this is all before. All before this is okay. all before. This is before okay. he because one of the things that I do. So when you guys become famous, you will never know me again because I don't like to bother people. <laughs> Once they become famous, well, you, because and that's no. your downfall. Well, yeah, but I just because I know that everyone everyone does that. Yeah. So anyway, so um, so when I went to L.A. and I was thinking about this because I wanted to tell the story, I was like, how did we get in touch with each other? Because we didn't have cell phones, so I must have had his home number. Yeah. And I called him and I said that I was doing this thing and I was really nervous. And he was the one that he introduced me to Mitzi. He set up spots for me. He came to the taping of the show to hold my hand. Oh wow! Because it was my first. Big special, yeah. Oh, wow. He was such a sweet man, and then he he took off like, you know, as he did, oh, and yeah. I and I just was like, I'm not going to bother him. I ended up years later running into Carla Bove, who was his best sure. friend, and he's like, Why haven't you gotten in touch with us? I said, Because I don't want to fucking. Everybody is bothering that man. Yeah. So, but he was a good man. He was a very sweet guy. Yeah. Was um, he seemed gentle, you know, off stage. Like I hear good things about, you know, just. Oh yeah. He, I mean, he was just so funny that he showed up, and and and, and this was a this was a comedy club called L.A. Cabaret, which was in Encino. Yeah. It was in the middle of nowhere, and he and all of a sudden I look around, and there he is. There he's. Well, I just want to make sure you're okay. <laughs> I think he was in love with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, that would have been oh boy, that'd have been that'd have been some relationship. I think there's another story happening here that we're not we're not sharing the real story oh, here. Yeah. 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 No, ew, no, not he's not my type. I don't think he was anybody's type, but he was a genius, so it doesn't matter. He was a you know genius I mean? and, he, and and I do. I just remember Guys him. get real good looking when they when, you when know, they, they have that fame and yes. brilliance. Like just real yeah. good looking, real quick. But it was just it was just so funny how he's like, We have to get out of here when like running out of the the jersey gear because people were like, You suck, we hate you. I was Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it's it, I feel like I don't know, I guess I guess it happens now, but like that quick you know, fame, you know, that people got back in the 80s. It wasn't like it was quick. I mean, they worked their ass off for it. But I don't know. I just feel like it was arena fame oh, for he, a lot of these guys. Where, yeah. Well, there's a few of, I mean, Louie fucked it up. But, you yes. know, there's a few guys that, you know, got to that. Yeah. You know, there's Kevin Hart's, I guess. I, I never understood some of that. So it's like, I almost wondered sometimes it's like when there's somebody in a Kevin Hart audience, I almost want to be like, First of all, I think he's a great stand-up. Yeah, you know, and I think he's a great storyteller and everything. I think he does a good job. He does. He does branding, as you would say. I mean, yes. he's he's he's, he's got that down. Yeah. He knows right. what his audience is. But 
and then I, but I wonder though, are they really there for the stand up? Are they there because they love Jumanji three? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. I wonder. Right. No, I wonder, that, can, wonder yeah. why they're really there because I just you know I, I, I don't because I don't know. I just felt like because Steve Martin got a lot of that. You know, I feel yes, like he was Steve, the first rock star was, comic. Steve Martin was kind of like they weren't really there for the stand up. You know, right, they right. they were there for the, the Saturday Night Live character, right, and the King right. Tut, and the, they were there for for him. Right. But it's like I don't know. I just feel like. Um, uh, first of all, I don't think that I remember when we did when we taped the Showtime All Stars. We did it in uh, Lake Tahoe, I think at Caesars, and it was a three thousand seat theater, yeah. and that was too fucking big. Because what happens is stand up, I think, should be intimate. I mean, maybe a thousand seats tops, like the Borgata Comedy Club. That's a decent room. But if you go any bigger than that, if you don't know what you're doing, like so, when I was doing the show type thing, what would happen is. Laughter would come in waves, so you would do your joke, and you'd hear the people. But then the people in the back, then they come back, and you'd so your timing is all fucked up. So I can't even imagine doing fifty thousand people. Oh I, yeah, no, I I don't want to be around that many fucking people. I'm serious. I just yeah, I've done like five thousand. You know. Yeah, it, that. But yeah. right, I I just I think stand up is an intimate. It's an intimate art. So oh yeah, it's like it's well, it's you know. It's well, we got bad club habits too, because it's like we want to fuck with the crowd and stuff like that. So right. When, when you get like a big, nice theater, it's just like, oh, there goes that thing I've been like crutching on. <laughs> hey, where are you from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the past four years, you know, and right. then you get up and you're like, oh, you're a little. This is awkward. And you try to do it anyway, and right. it's just like, like there's nothing worse than being on a high stage and like a theater situation. You're trying to like basically like they're just way too far away. Exactly. You can't you, fuck with you, them. You still try. You look, look at you. <laughs> It's your wife and man, man. and it's just, it's always just awful. <laughs> and as people, we have a lot of bad habits. Like comics, yeah. like we can crush like no other, right? But in but we just New York City gets as bad. I don't know, bad, bad, a lot of bad habits. I see. Well, you know? yeah, but the, you you can't once you get out of the city, it's it's a whole different ball game. It is, but but I don't mean to become Carlin. It's like to become these things that we're all capable of. There's mm-hmm. nobody that's not capable of being Bill Hicks. There's nobody not capable of being Stephen Wright. There's nobody not capable that we all have it. Right. It's just they had a different kind of discipline, and I feel like this scene of comedy is very all over the place, where I feel a lot of the comics in New York City, a lot of the guys have been here a while. Right. A lot of the guys that left have figured it out. Right. But a lot of us that are here, we kind of get caught in this, like, $75 spot comic mentality. We do our act that works, and then we leave and whatever, and then somebody else gets a special because we're not focusing on what we need to focus on because we're trying to get laughs so some fucker books us. Instead of you know, right. it's like this weird thing. I just no, I, I agree. Struggling I, with it, but I agree. I I, I totally agree with you yeah. on this. And what's interesting is what I see just from what I'm doing with women of a certain age is is the focus that I have on that is I I haven't focused on my own career. Like I've literally said to my husband, I'm not concentrating on my act now because yeah. I'm so so getting that show together and getting it where it needs to be. So yeah. I see both sides because you want to do your spots and you want to do your stand-up, but then you have to focus. You have to have some kind of business sense in this, especially now. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you know. I mean, 
you know, you could totally. This could be it. You guys could pop. You with a, you know, you guys could get a special. You guys could. Right. The fame could come. You know, I saw Lewis Black get it a little bit later. Like you know, it could totally listen. I, I, I totally have, happen. I said this is my retirement plan because like comics it. don't fucking put money away. So most of my money when I was in Vegas is at the slot machine in the Rio to the right by the bathroom. <laughs> I, I still can't believe you don't talk to people when they get famous. That's like the worst. I just, I just, I don't I, I, because every. It's time, unfortunate because you're a good person. Like you're. Right. A person that I would want to talk to because you're grounded and you're like you're not going to treat me like I'm some like thing that I'm not like you're going to be real and so stop doing that okay. when you start hang calling up or tweeting or whatever the <laughs> fuck these famous people that you know and just you know redevelop that relationship yeah. you deserve to open for whoever you know, I know. it's like I, that's I, ridiculous I, yeah well I, I can't comics are ridiculous right but I especially the nice people well, yes <laughs> he, I, he's nice and it, it hurts him right <laughs> I should be a real dick you should I'd be a lot absolutely Being a, that's what I was talking about with Dan I was yeah. just like I, I set myself up for failure every time because I I, I put the guard down right and I'm really nice to people and then it just bites me in the ass every single time oh yeah and it's just like why am I nice to comics but I'm, I can't I'm tired not of it. but I can't not be nice you know and I've been burned too a yeah. lot because yeah. I've I've gone out of my way to help comics and then they just fuck me over sure. most of the ones from Vegas but they shall yeah. remain nameless um but it is interesting that how is Gallagher is he cool <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know Gallagher <laughs> It's all the local hack comics that Andy, I Andy, who's nice the to. most famous comedian that was, like, nice to you? Uh, Besides me. Who else? Like, helped me or just nice? nice. For, I don't know. I, helped you nice? I don't know. Uh, I followed um, Colin Quinn. Okay. And, uh, and he hung around. I mean, he didn't hang around to watch me, but he was still there. And we were uh, putting our jackets on at the same time to get out. But I didn't want to bother him, like what you were saying. Right. So I didn't look at him, or everybody was trying to get a piece of him. So I was just, uh, you know, acting like a person. And he tapped me, and he was like, hey, that was really funny. And nice. Then, and that That's was nice. It. And, then he, and then we both just left. Well, but that was cool. Yeah. I started with Bill Maher, okay? So all, I know, love Bill Maher. Okay, so... A lot of people don't. I do. Well, I there's a reason. I love his comedy. Yeah, no, he's... I still quote some of his... I love what his, he does. Yeah, I quote... I still, his, he, he fucking stirs the pot. Oh, It's he's, fantastic. Yeah. People give him a lot of shit for it because his Muslim thing or whatever, but he's still fucking funny. But he, but he's... he's he, he, I agree with him politically. I'm dead on with him. Yeah. He's 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 an interesting man, but so Sorry, so so, no, so we were in Vegas, right? And I was at yeah. Crazy Girls, a show that I was in for five years, and um, and uh, somebody said one of the girls goes, "Bill Mars, Bill Mars in the hotel. He's hanging out with Steve Sharippa, who is the guy who uh, was the entertainment director at the time. You know this, right? Was he the entertainment director when you got when you worked there? I don't know. I I went through somebody else. Yeah, because I think he'd already the been guy, he'd Howie Green or somebody. Yeah, because he'd already become. That guy fucking he was, hates me. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was so drunk at the Riviera, and I and I was so drunk and so fucked up, and I thought that like I tried to use my um, my food vouchers for booze. <laughs> oh, you can't do that because uh. <laughs> I knew we had a certain amount of money for food, and I was like, can I just get booze with that? And then I try to pay with the food vouchers, and then here's the funny part. I think I told this before, but whatever. I repeat myself. Just gonna happen, kids. Get used to it. But um, I it was when MySpace just came out. Oh, dude. And we didn't understand the whole dynamic of like, um, like plugging in the phone to the computer and what that right. does or what that. So we just plugged the laptop into the you know the landline, and then wow. like by the time 
like I left, we owed like seven hundred dollars oh, in like shit. phone bills because it was just like racking up this dial up, and, and we were like, "What the fuck?" We're just looking at tits on fucking MySpace, and it was <laughs> for like four days, oh, and then man. I owed all this money and I couldn't pay it. I was like, "I don't, I didn't know that was gonna do that." And it was came this whole thing. It was fucking, and then oh. the, that guy yelled at me forever, and I've never worked with Vegas. Well, I worked some other clubs, but I didn't work that one again. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> So Steve Shuripa, who was on The Sopranos, he's like my guardian angel. We went to high school together. And um, so he was the one that got me those, you know, the gigs at at Crazy Girls and all this stuff. So anyway, so so they said, oh, yeah, he's hanging out somewhere in the – and I'm like, once again, I'm not going to bother him because he's famous now. And I just don't do that. (laughs) So – but this is the greatest story. This is why you love it. So you remember the Riviera had the uh, escalator that would come down from the comedy club? You remember that? Like I said, I don't remember a lot. So I'm (laughs) – Explains a lot. They had some lights. That's all I remember. Explains a lot now about when we were hanging out there. Okay. So I I come down the escalator. And I'm just getting ready to go home because, you know, it's the end of the show. And at the bar, I hear somebody go, yo, Montgomery. And I look over and it's Bill Moore. And he said, come on over and have a drink. So I, I sat with him and, you know, because I always assume people won't remember me. Yeah. We had a drink. He says, how come you've never done my show? I said, uh, because nobody asked me. He goes, <laughs> and he said, call my producer on Monday. And I ended up doing the show. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. So that's always a nice thing. That's like great. But I don't like to. That was the first uh, Pelican, correct? Yeah, the yeah, uh, second one, the one that was on, not on Comedy Central, the one that ended up on ABC where he got kicked off later on. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah ABC. Yeah. Oh, that was the second one. Yes. Oh, he was Comedy Central first, then yeah. ABC. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that so was the it, big one. Yeah. yeah, and that was really nice. I mean, it was yeah. it was, it was because you don't expect to do that. You don't, because yeah. everyone is doing this. Like what, what, yeah. what you do, talk about with your booking. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone is always pulling at you. Kind of, you know, I'm, that's when I can be a dick and I I try to be, I try to be a little bit more of a dick each month (laughs) with the comics. But they don't like I'll have some weird thing like hey, if you cancel you're done or you know just some weird I'll just throw some random thing out just to be right. a little more of a dick than I was last month. Yeah, but the problem is is that what they don't understand on <laughs> I saw that in the email. Yeah, I'm just, that's what I do. It's like but, fuck but they, you guys. But, but people don't understand what you you're the go only through. one that gives back. Like there's like three of you. Anyway, go ahead. Nobody, but you. What you do is. It, it, people think like, well, why isn't he giving me a spot? You, you don't realize that there's eight thousand fucking. Well, comedians. First of all, it's like this is what bothers me is um, like, you know what? Here's a Bill Maher story. Um, somebody was saying that like when Bill Maher first got politically incorrect, he had some gig, and um, it was like a in Pennsylvania or some shit, and like he shows up in a limo and the whole thing and he, he does the gig for the weekend and they wanted to and nobody really you know his show hadn't caught on yet right so the audience it wasn't a big audience right. and they became a thing a back and forth where they were like you know I'm not we're not going to pay you the the money that we said we were going to pay you because nobody showed up and like Bill Maher was like fuck you you're going to pay me you know you're going to pay me you're going to pay me you're going to pay me it became a back and forth back and forth you're going to pay me exactly what you told me you're going to pay and it became this big thing and whatever and then he leaves the night and he finally gets the money through agents and blah 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 and the guy hands him the money and he's I guess he was preparing the stories and he's in the limo and he gets the money and then he goes he looks at the money goes chump change and then shuts the door and then takes home (laughs) chump change which I think that's what that's what these that's what that's what stand-up comedy is in New York. It's chump change. Right. And people try to make it this thing, and I'm just right. like, I know it's like, it's it's this step to something bigger, 
and it, which is our craft, mm-hmm. developing our craft and making it bigger. But when you put too much emphasis on one particular club or one particular scene, you're, right. you're hurting yourself. And to, make, and to not just go along with everything. And right. just realize and put yourself in somebody else's shoes all the right. time. There's people that don't – they have nothing to do with me anymore. That I, I, I was busing their club and then now they don't have nothing to do with me anymore. Right. And That's I've recorded terrible. my album there and everything. There's plenty of clubs that have nothing to do with me. But I'm okay with it because right. I, know, I realize it's, got, it's, it's not personal. Right. And so whoever's in the situation of power that you feel is not giving you the love that you want, it's like – just right. like Ron Hanson, not fist pounding. It's like, come right. on, man. It's right. like, you can't feed everybody. Right. And you got to understand where are they coming from. Right. And then, I don't know. I just get weird when people, like, the, the, the thing that bothers me the most is when people can't separate comedian and this other thing. Oh, right. And it's just like, I'm still just like you. Like, uh, you got it. You have to tr- see me like that, even if I'm not giving you the love that you want me to give you from right. this shitty little club that pays nothing. So it's just like, <laughs> just fucking. Oh, sorry, Spironi. I got AIDS. But. <laughs> yes, AIDS. Thank you so much. That well, I didn't care sorry. about the spit until he said uh, fucking AIDS. Yeah. That's great. But, you know, it's. And so when people do that, it's like you know, I guess I've I always con- I've always considered you just a, another comic, a, a comic friend of mine. But yeah. I've never, you know, the the relationship we have is had. People always said to me, "Well, how come you don't work a lot?" I said, first of all, I've been doing stand up for forty years. I don't have to work on my timing. If I yeah. need, if if I need, like if I had like a, a brand new ten minutes, I would call you and go, "I need to work on this ten minutes." I wouldn't pick up. I know. So, <laughs> and that's the relationship we have. But but I but I've done that with everybody with every club. Yeah, because you have AIDS. Um, but I what I do is when I and this is one of the things I try to tell young comics: if you can't find a place, like if somebody doesn't want to book you, first of all, you don't even know why. It has nothing. If that's the best, I wish I had that advice when I was in my twenties, because I took everything so fucking personally, and it has nothing to do with you. Because I remember when you remember when the Vegas festival, the Vegas comedy festival was. I wasn't, I wasn't the booker per se, but I I was the one. Huh? I got banned from there, but yeah, okay. I think I banned you, but anyway, (laughs) I was the person behind the scenes, okay? And I would, and I was working in the office because it was between before I uh, I had left Crazy Girls, and I was waiting. I didn't know, but I was going to go into another burlesque show. And people would call me, friends of mine. They would call and leave messages, and I would get like a stack of messages saying so and so called. They want to talk to you about doing the festival. Like, a st- and these were friends. These weren't even yeah. comics I didn't like. These were friends. I never called them back because I was so fucking busy. And that's sure. what people don't understand is, your every comic thinks that they're the one who's. It should be the center of the fucking universe. And in this day and age, sorry, that shit ain't happening. There's too many of us now, you know? And yeah, I mean, so what do you do, Anthony, when you get frustrated about, like, stage time? What do you do? Um, I just make stuff. So yeah. I'll start working on an album or uh, writing new material or... Go to the bar shows. A... Or, or, to me, the bar yeah. shows have always helped me the best. Are you okay there? Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, go to the bar <laughs> shows. I mean, that, that's the... You know, back in the day... Don't break anything. <laughs> Somebody it's ADD in this room. Oh, yeah. Stop it, you two. But here's, here's the thing that's fascinating. Not that I'm anybody, because I'm not. Right. 
But the thing, reason I like bar shows is because when I walk into a bar show, they go, when do you want to go on? Okay, here's the thing <laughs> you don't understand is that doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> that doesn't now, happen to me at all. <laughs> now bar shows have attitude. And when you did it, it was different. Mm-hmm. But now the bar shows have as much attitude as the clubs. Wow. So it's not the I same work, thing. Yeah. Just because it's a bar show doesn't mean they're not going to be dicks and not put you on because right. that's totally going to happen. Wow. Now, what I always did... Because nobody ever took me on the road. Nobody ever took care of me. Jim and Gino's kind of took me on the road maybe six times. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can count on my hands how many times people took care of me. Right. Um, people just did not look out for me. And, um, um, you know, I always did well when everybody right. vouched for me. I always, right, like, right. killed it. So I just ran my own shit. Right. You know, and I've been doing it ever since. And I've always felt like I never wanted to be at the mercy of somebody else. Right. I want to be at the mercy of somebody liking me or whatever. So I always ran rooms. And I... You know, would find a place, a bar place or a comedy club that was shitty on a Tuesday or whatever right. it was. And I would figure out, you know, unfortunately, I'm really, really good at it. Mm-hmm. And so all the clubs come at me all the time. And I'm just like, ah, you know, and, you know, I you be careful what you're good at because people will want you to always do it. But, right, right, right. And but at the same time, you know, I don't mind it in some sense because I felt like it is a security to always have a spot. Like I never sure. wanted I always want to feel like, you know, I have a place to do stand up comedy and I don't have to worry about who likes me this month. Right. Because and comics what comics you don't understand is you need to be fucking likable. Ninety percent of you are very unlikable. Right. You're very unlikable. Ninety six percent of you are fucking <laughs> unlikable. Fucking likable. Right. When you walk into a room, mm-hmm. you walk into a bar, you say hi to the bartender, you get your coke, you tip them two bucks, you walk over, you you walk over to the person at the podium that you've never met before because they're brand new, but they're probably gonna be the GM one day. So say hello. Say hi, my name is Dustin. How are you? Introduce yourself to that person and then every single person you don't know you introduce yourself and say hi i'm so and so how you doing oh are you a comic whatever no matter what talk to everybody introduce yourself every person in the room and when you see a comic that might be a veteran sit in the back and watch their set and when they get off stage if there is a bit that you like say hey i do like that but you don't have to suck their dick but you got to like give them a little respect right and once you give them respect you'll be surprised that guy He'll be nice to you. He'll talk to you. Right. And that might be your in in the club. But when you go in there and you hang out and you just talk to the other shitty open micers <laughs> that nobody else fucking whatever, you just guys are sitting in a corner and you're not getting anywhere because right. that's what you're doing because you don't know how to work the room. Right. You're not being fucking, you're not well, being like likable. Well, you're, what's great about what you, uh, and this is the, the thing that you said about the podium end up, uh, the person at the podium is going to end up being, I can tell you uh, that that is truer words you have, first of all, you have to be nice. And I've told this to my son, too. You have to be nice to everybody. Yes, everybody. Thank you, Tip. But Rick Messina, who we mentioned before, who, you know, manages Tim and, and Drew, was, was, was a bartender at the Rainy Night House. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dave Becky, who's Three Arts, he was the doorman at the San Diego Improv. And Dave Rath who has everybody uh, yeah. from Generate, he was the doorman at the Hollywood Improv. These were just... Yeah. And, they, and they... Not that they were thinking... They didn't get the gig because they thought they were going to end up becoming these yeah. mega managers. It just happened that way. So if you're not nice yeah. to everybody... Because you were... I can tell you, the people... I'm nice to everyone. I really try to be you nice. Are. You're good. But I you're have good. a fucking list of who wasn't nice to me. I mean, I have it all oh. in my head because it's like... Those are the you ones. You should still be nice to them. Of course. But you know as well as I do when this show does, because we are, of course, shopping the show to TV. When that show, ha- when it hits, 
everyone's coming out of the woodwork. Hey, oh, Carol, yeah. I'm not a woman, but I'm old. Or, hey, Carol, I'm not, you know, and it's like, and it's like, you know what, wait a minute, you didn't, yeah. you didn't, re- and the thing about respect is, look, I like I said, I'm not a big star, but you know what, I've been around for 40 years. You should at least treat me with some kind of like, oh, shit, she might know what she's doing. You yeah. know, I raised a kid, I fucking bought a house, I've been on the road forever, but the ones that bother me are the ones that just look at me like, eh. And you're just like, all right, okay, <laughs> call me later, you asshole. No, but it's like you t- in Manhattan is, you know, you have Candy uh, Carr was the bartender at Stam New York. Um, Emilio um, was the street team guy. He right. owns New York Comedy Club. Um, you know, it's like uh, Chris Mazzilli was the uh, the manager at uh, Al Martin's New York Comedy Club. Oh, I didn't know that part. Oh, yeah. Wow. And he was a, he was a manager. Well, Barry, I was the busboy, and he was the wow. manager. Wow. And Barry Katz used to run, because the cellar used to be... No, he used to Boston Comedy Club. That, that's the one. Yeah. But yeah. he yeah he kind of owned it, though. He came in as an owner. Right. But he, yeah. but but still that group. And then, and he, then he, like, hit, well, his, yeah, his management company took off, yeah. Right. From, I mean, it's From a, the club. Right. Yeah, so... And, you don't uh, know who's going to be the next big industry person so you should be nice you should just be nice to everybody regardless of whether or not they're gonna be exactly you know but be a fucking human yeah i mean i i see all my pups i see anthony i see all these guys and you guys can all you can all do better Mm -hmm. and all it takes is introducing yourself yeah you don't introduce yourself enough i'm trying to work on it I'm, I'm, i'm noticing when i should be doing it even when I'm not doing it, I, I realize that I should be now. All you right. got to say so is hi. First step. Hi, right. my name is. That's right. it. That's yeah. all you got to say. How long you been doing comedy? That's all you got to say. Just something quick. Or, right. hey, I yeah. like your shirt. People yeah, yeah, are yeah. easy. Right. And then the other thing is, is that... <laughs> they are. But, but you know what the, big, the biggest thing is in general about, about all this is that people are so f- afraid of the word no or I can't. or You know, like they yeah. think they take it... No has such a negative connotation. But if you don't ask... You're mm-hmm. never going to get the answer. Like, I had a friend of mine who was a big-time manager years ago, and he had come with his wife and kids and came to Vegas, and the kids were playing, and we were hanging out, and this is when I wanted to do um, my solo show. And I, I said to him, I said, listen, do you think you could help me, you know, get it all, off the ground? And he said, Carol, I love you. He says, I'm so busy. I, I couldn't even think of how to do that. I mean, I couldn't. And and we went, and I said, thank you. And we went back to brunch, and the kid went and played. And I didn't take it personally because I knew he was yeah. busy. But if you don't ask, how many times, I mean, how many times have you asked somebody and they say yes? You know, people want to say yes, but everyone is oh, yeah. so afraid when they say no. Absolutely. Because it's like, what does no means? What does that mean? It just means yeah. no. It doesn't mean no, you fucking asshole. <laughs> well, to certain comics. But, um... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, uh, just just go out and ask. Absolutely, the, the worst thing. Well, asking is that's basic therapy too. It's just like if you, you you know you have to ask for things. And and what's interesting, like with my kid and his music, right? So he's actually made friends with some of his because he loved it. when he first moved here. There was a lot of local bands that were not nobody would know who they are, but he knows them. And he reached out. I said, reach out to them on Twitter. So what, let's see what happens. Now, two of his closest friends were from a band that was like a hot thing in New York for a minute. And, and was I, he, it with friends? What's it called? Uh, the Harlem Shakes. Okay. Oh. You know? Yeah. Okay. Oh. So, and two of the, the band's no longer around. But, but the, the two of the guys, they're, they're good friends of his now. And it's yeah. great because... Fun? Or they, uh, somebody in Fun? That band Fun? Or something? Uh, he was dating um, the girl who was uh, the guitarist for Nate, uh, Nate Russ, who was the lead singer. For oh, fun. fun. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we, we got to go to that concert. Oh, that that's was cool. Interesting. Well, yeah. Nice. So... Uh, <laughs> So you you did this thing that like mm-hmm. it's um, I feel like 
Madrino's kind of tried this too. Jim Madrino's, where you you try to, and I, I feel like I'm always like, I'm never gonna, you know, I'll run a room and mm-hmm. I'll probably open a club in a couple of months in LA or something. I have some crazy ideas I want to do, but it's like you went into tried to kind of go into the agent management world of comedy. <laughs> Uh, can, can, can we fill this up with vodka now? <laughs> okay. So reason- and that's an interesting thing because it's like, you know, I mean, I, I could see where, like, I could see where I'd be good at that. Mm-hmm. So, as whereas you as well, and right. I see that because because when you're when you're in the trenches, you you know everything when mm-hmm. it comes to the craft itself. And then you have a, that's what I'm good at. I'm good at seeing people that are good at what I do. Right. And then I can put a good show together. So you can also graduate that to a film right. or a TV show right. or road gigs or whatever it is. So I see why you would be drawn to maybe the idea of it and steady money or whatever. But that's got to have been the craziest thing. Well. <laughs> <laughs> to just, because well, I know that world. Hey, okay. So here's, here's why I did it. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm 60, and um, uh, you look great, by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but when I, I turned 50, I knew that the writing was on the wall per se, because this is a very ageist business. Show sure. business is just it's very ageist, it's very sexist. So I started doing and racist, and, racist. and you know a lot of stuff. I started doing developing solo shows. I started producing, and um, <clears throat> I, I met with somebody, and they I was pushing a show. Um, I think it was the Ron DeShear show that I was doing, but I was pushing a show, and I met with him, and he we had this conversation, and he said, you know, you, you know, you really you really have a good business sense. You should think about being a manager, uh, an agent. And I said, you know, at the, that time I was just so over calling, and you know, and because. Not to toot my own horn, but I should in 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 the road world. I should be making so much fucking money, and I'm not. You know what I mean? And I was just like, okay, I'm done. Let's try this. At the same time, when this happened, my husband's mom had a stroke, so it kind of worked out perfectly because I the the, the office was literally down the block from my house. So if she needed anything, because my husband was in the middle of doing rehearsals for School of Rock, so he was gone. You know, so so I was basically like, you go to work. I'll, you know, if there's a problem, I can just shoot over. And I did it for about six months. And um, the problem is, is I was working my ass off. And I was like, if I'm going to work my ass off, why am I not doing it for myself? And that's what the biggest lesson I learned from it is that I loved the acts that we were handling. But it was just so much work because it wasn't what it was. Like if this had been 10 years ago where there were still comedy clubs, yeah. everyone would have been working amazing. Like sure. they, I, I would, the roster would have just been working all the time. But I'm calling people who I have relationships with and they're like, nah, we're not interested. We're, oh, yeah. All right. Oh, we'll, we'll pay him like 500 bucks, you know, to go to fucking bumfuck Idaho with no yeah. fucking airfare. So I just went, that's it, you know. And uh, How long did that last? Huh? How long did that last? I think it was uh, it was six months with uh, with uh, with Kincaid, and then I, w- I went over to the best agency, which which was a it was, ugh, and it was a management you know how company, I feel about but them. yeah, <laughs> but it was like a management company, and but he was having me be in charge of television, so that was a good thing. And then I realized he doesn't. There's no there's no TV for me to do, and yeah. and and then the roster was was. I, I couldn't get anybody because at least on the roster at Kincaid, there were people who had television credits. These yeah. people had no credits. So it became, I, and I all of a sudden went, now I'm working three times as hard yeah, yeah, yeah. for the same amount of money. And I just said, and I, I, I left, I left both of the agent, um, of the companies very, uh, you know, we, we left on, uh, very good terms. In fact, Kincaid, I think you knew this. I don't know if you know this, but 
I did the Melissa Etheridge cruise where I was the comic. Oh, cool! In March, which was, and first of all, I can never do another cruise because they paid me a ton of money. They paid for my husband to go with me. It was like the best cruise ever. Yeah. You know, but they were the ones that got me that because they, they the people who want, who were doing the cruise had called them and said, we need a female comic. And they didn't have one on their roster. So they went, who do we know that's a female? Oh, Carol's a comic. <laughs> but so that was yeah. a great thing. That's why you never burn a fucking bridge. Sure. Absolutely. You know, except for some people. But yeah. I'll tell you off. No, I. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's funny because it's like I feel like it's unfortunate that um, because I feel like. You know, people in the industry on the, that are on the other side of it, um, a lot of them know nothing. Oh, and yeah. And so it's uh, the people that choose television shows, the people that book comedy clubs. Right. You know, the people, um, you know, that are making these decisions have never grabbed a mic or they've never been involved in a creative world. And so they're just making these decisions on a whim, on like a look or an age. Right. Or hairdo, or oh, yeah. glasses, or whatever the fuck it is, and I feel like people that you know, or have done it, are better at it. Oh because yeah, because we've we you know we know how to do it, and I feel like you know that's the thing. Like people talk about you know other clubs. Like I'll always be a better you know at putting a show together than somebody like Esty because I've grabbed a microphone. Right. <laughs> so, right. Exactly. I mean, she has a budget so she can right. get all these great people. Right. But when it comes to a brand new person, yeah. I'll beat them out every time. Of course. Every single time. Any club in, on the planet, I will I will outdo you every time because I'm in this. Right. And, and you know what? who's good and who's yes, not. And these people that aren't in it, right. they, they just take a guess. Oh, absolutely. And they take a, uh, okay, well, maybe this guy or maybe, well, you know, because he looks... He a certain race or a certain right. whatever. So I feel like that's unfortunate because yeah. that we get burned out so quickly when right. we try to go on the other side. Oh, yeah. Because we are better at it. Oh, know? yeah. I mean, yeah. with women of a certain age, I mean, the people that I... The yeah, people, so you're kind of involved yeah. by doing that. Yeah. Well, but the people I'm using, like people are, you know, the nicest thing... And this has happened a bunch of times now because I'm not – look, I'm not making any money on this yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean everything I make, you know, the big hundred bucks I make goes back into the show. I make sure everyone gets paid. It's not a lot of money. Yeah. But we're doing a show um, – You've got to uh, narrow down the comedians. Just do it to three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, every single, but every single person – you know, we had Wendy Liebman on the show in Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, you know, and I, and I said yeah. – but I said to her, I said, listen, I don't have a great budget. Because I want to do the show. Nice. Same same thing. This woman, nice. Monica Piper, she had an off Broadway show um, called Not That Jewish that ran for about a year. She said to me, "Why didn't you ask me?" I said, "Because I'm not paying you anything that you should be paid." Because I still want to do it. And I'm doing a show in um, in Jersey in uh, in the theater uh, in 2019, and I explained to the girls that it's a door deal. Yeah. And I, I said there'll be money because we'll sell it out, but I can't guarantee you. A lot of money then. And they both said to me, we'll do it because of you, Carol. Because nice. they know I'm not trying to fuck them. Yeah. They know that, let's just say, for argument's sake, I made ten grand. i would give them each so a thousand so and I'd take eight thousand. So explain the show. <laughs> That's Thank hilarious. you for getting that. <laughs> I got it. Um, I'm just, I'm um, it's called going. Women of a Certain yeah. Age Comedy. <laughs> I'm trying to keep this flow going, all right? Yes. I, I, got, I got a Rolodex here. He gets to laugh and be silly. I just laugh. Yeah, I'm having he, a good time. Yeah, he's got the Ed McMahon spot. <laughs> 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 it's called Women of a Certain Age Comedy. I gotta, I gotta keep the flow. All right. So, what, to explain what the, uh, the it's, show it's, is. It's basically like I told you when I turned yeah. 50, I real, I saw the writing on the wall. 
I was like, okay. well, I'm fucked because, you know. Um, uh, so it's all female headliners over the age of 50. Okay. Uh, the tagline is fighting sexism and ageism one joke at a time. Nice. And, and I get these amazing women. I mean, like, for, okay, so, you know, we're doing, the, we're doing a show. And Leah's doing a show also in, uh, for the Comedy Festival this year, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So we're doing a show for the comedy festival. Yeah, don't ask her to do that show. She's she's a little too young. She's for that. too young. Like, nobody, no, you got to be careful with that too. Oh, sure. I know, I know, I know. And I, you be know, careful who you ask. Like, I know. You know. I, and I adore, you know, I adore her. People will be like, "Whoa, hey, easy, easy, Tiger." Yeah. I'm Give just me like, a couple of years, please, yeah, to ask me for yeah. that shit. Come back. It'll still be running. Come over then. Um, uh, but uh, uh, so so we're doing the uh, we're doing a show for the New York Comedy Festival at Stand Up New York, and this is so this is who. who yeah. Kathy Ladman is flying in. Okay. Okay. Maureen Langan's on the show. Leanne Lord, Vanessa, uh, Vanessa Williams, Vanessa Hollingshead. Vanessa Williams, that'd be great. Uh, Maureen, so hot. I said Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carrie Louise, Rhonda Handsome, uh, a couple of, uh, yeah. uh, you know, like and, a lot and of then, comics. And then you narrow down. To <laughs> and then the crane. The, he's such an asshole. <laughs> the crane, which we have a monthly residency. Uh, yeah. Tammy Pescatelli's doing the show in oh, November. You know what I mean? That's like I, I, every no, he's great. everyone, great. it's a. It, and it it has to do with the fact that they know I'm not trying. Believe me, my biggest dream would be that we're we're as big as blue collar, and everyone. Sure. This is what I said to the girls. This is the difference between female comics and male comics. So I say this is my goal. I said, you know, blue collar started the same way. Like you know, they work in clubs, and I said, and then they got so famous. And so big that they each had their own private jet because they hated each other. Hilarious. And I said, that's the goal I want. And every woman said to me, that'll never happen because we're girls and we like <laughs> each other. I said, all right. But you have to go for the goal. The goal is a private jet for each of us, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's, you, you gotta know. got to get Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres? Yep. I would love. You need your Foxworthy. Huh? I'm trying to make money on this. <laughs> you need your Foxworthy. <laughs> you got to You got. I'm just saying. I'm, I know, I'm, but you it's know about making money, baby. <laughs> but, I know, but I know Ellen a long time. There I mean, you go. I, there but you go. but you know, yeah, it, some of the I'm women. Half silly, so. But some of the women, you know, in yeah. Ellen or Rosie, they're big. They're big people. They're not gonna. They're not gonna yeah, do this. They got They're they're halfway out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> has Ellen even had? How many women have Ellen had on the? She's. How many what? has she had? How many women has she had? Well, okay. <laughs> Let me rephrase that, Dustin. <laughs> But there haven't been. I think there's the only comic I remember ever being on that show was Erin Jackson. No, she's yeah. had a lot. Amy Schumer was on her show, but she was famous. Not really. She was right off of uh, Last Comic Standing. She wasn't famous yet. Really, she's I didn't Last Comic was... Standing famous, which is you know right. Do you remember? Fresh. We had a conversation about Amy, and and I I, I, I quote you all the time. Oh to God. But you said she. I'm pla- afraid of Amy. So what, uh, please, you please said don't. she played the game better than anybody oh, else. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Chess and, game. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and, and yeah. I tell that She's to young comics every fucking nice. day because She's brilliant. I'm, yeah. yeah. I mean, she might have hurt a few feelings along the way. Oh yeah. You know, and I think she, um, you know, because I think a lot of us sometimes, uh, you know, we're afraid to jump to a bigger ship. And I think it's like in the end, it's like you got to take care of yourself. And I think right. she saw opportunities and played it well. She played it brilliantly. And talk, you know, um, branding is you hate the word. She definitely did it well. And right. she found people. I mean, I mean, how are you not going to go with fucking Madonna's manager? Right. Of course not. <laughs> it's fucking Madonna. She's the fucking material girl. Exactly. You know, how are you not going to go? Sorry. I, I know you were here for me in the beginning. But yeah. this this is an opportunity, 
And unfortunately, she she's cold. She's got ice cold like decision right. making. She's like, I don't care. I'm gonna take care of myself. But here's the thing about you. What you're saying about jumping to the next ship, and this is yeah. really important. Comics don't understand that because yeah. we're all in it and doing this shit. Okay, yeah. and I, I you've been around people who have hit. I've been mm-hmm. around. You don't. What what comics don't understand is when you're in this part. You don't realize, because everyone can bitches and goes, oh, it's so hard. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Oh, you know what's hard? Staying fucking famous and having that show be a hit. Sure. Because when you get to this, when you get to that level, because uh, yeah. Thea Vidal is, is a good friend of mine. When Thea had her series, the day, every day, like she would shoot, they'd shoot the show, the show would air. And that morning, she would get, the next morning, she would get a call going, you didn't place in the top ten. Yeah. What? I have yeah. to worry about staying in the fucking top ten now? You know, like yeah, it, I mean, I, every level yeah. gets harder. That's a good problem, though. I really, of course, I mean, it that's, is. that's the kind of problem. Instead of like you know the guy, the Chuckle Hut, you know, won't book you this right, month, MC. So yeah, but most <laughs> comics don't realize problem. it because it's a good problem, though. Yeah, it is you know, a good I problem. It. It's a good. Yeah, I want those kind of problems. You uh, know? Like yeah. that's the kind of problems we all want. It's just like absolutely, we'll but, all take problems and make it out of anything. And right, it's like, but how many of there's not a lot of you that to work that same level. Well, my problem of jumping to the boat is I'm worried about hurting the feelings of the boat staff or, you know, the people that were there for me when I was on this tiny little boat. And I think that's where you have to like... I can tell you right now, this (laughs) is... That's something that you have to, you know, get over. Because I'm trying to be a huge dick in 219. Good. That's my goal, goal. is to fucking only talk to Anthony and my girlfriend (laughs) and maybe three other comics I kind of respect. Wow. So I'm out of the picture. No, (laughs) You're, you know what? You're, you're a runner-up. <laughs> but I can tell it. you, I can tell, <laughs> I can tell you with the show, with my, the show that I'm doing, and you know we've been pitching it to networks and all this stuff. People are gonna when, and, and, and I'm absolutely positive that we're gonna sell it. When we sell it, it's not gonna be. I'm not gonna have anything to say about it because if, yeah. if let's say. ABC or NBC goes, we love this, but we. I literally had a network person. And I don't remember. It was just you say MTV? I don't think that's going to happen. No. No, no. But I literally had a network person say to me, I love this idea. Can the women be younger? I'm like, did you not hear what the fucking show is called? But that's part of it, too, is that let's just I say. I think you should do women of a certain age and one old dude. <laughs> and one old cowboy. But so, but, but so. the problem is is that they they have their views on what it is. Sure. So so here's the deal. So do I? Let's just say that they say we want this show, but we yeah. want these comics, and they're not the people I want. When yeah. am I going to go? Nah, I'm going to wait till I can do it with my friends. You yeah. can't. You have to take it. A, a, a perfect example. There was a show. A, a woman named Susie Sorrow who was a great comic in the uh, in the eighties and. Uh, she told a story. She had a show called, because everyone, you know, these theme shows that everyone thinks is brand new, everyone's yeah. been fucking doing this. Sure. But she had a show called Single, Married, and Divorced, okay? And, uh, and, and it was in L.A., and it was hot, and they wanted to put it as a series, but they wanted somebody else to play Susie's part. And Susie mm-hmm. was fine about it, but one of the other comics went, nope, it has to be us three. Guess what? Show never went on television. Yeah. I, the, the thing that, you, when you do this thing, Jumping the Ship, it's... In the end, you're going to help the other people, but you have to get to the next level. Yes you and have no. to. Yes and no. Yes and no. I agree with you 100% and disagree 100%. And really? here's the disagreement. Rocky Balboa, um, Sylvester Stallone, was offered... I knew who Rocky He was Balboa. offered... <laughs> 
they wanted to they wanted to make the movie right and oh, I know they didn't want story. him in it right and they did not want him to have anything to do with it and he right. fought and he fought and he fought and he fought and finally right. he got to be in it and star in it and it right. made his fucking career and he won Academy Award for that movie so sometimes you got to pick I get I get where your friends coming from where it's like the problem with them there wasn't uh, appropriate representation, right? And so I think if, with a badass agent, maybe you can make that happen, right? And that's why you're in that situation. It's like, yeah, by yourself you can't, right? You got to play the game. You got to play the chess game. But I will say this about the Rocky thing: When was Rocky made? How many? Seventy. Right. So four. So. Seventy-seven. Well, Seventy-seven. Forty years 77. ago. Fifty years ago. How many years? Four over. Uh, more than 40, right? That, I mean, what he did was amazing, and it's a great story. I don't think it ever happened. Well, here's now. how you do it now. Um, how you do it now, as compared to from 1977, is um, instead of handing a pilot script to someone, you create a web series. Right. And you create a web series with a huge following, right. and then you prove that you are able to create a fan base by you being in it and then right. they like insecure on HBO that was a web series first right. and so she was able to take that following and then like prove that she's you know worthy of having her own show that's right. how you do it now right it's different now like oh, that's absolutely. how you have to do it yeah, it's like you have to you have to prove it online first like that's, yeah, but that's but, the arena you got to prove it first but you're both of you and, and Anthony you're including that you're hard workers okay you work at your craft you really you have to people think this is like a cush fucking gig it's not you Anthony have, works pretty hard he colors a lot but <laughs> <laughs> I stay inside the line <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm very disappointed. You should never stay inside the line. You should fucking draw out. So that's the only thing I taught my child: draw outside the lines. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, there's a there's, you have to work hard at this. There, there's yeah. no there, and it and it, it never stops, either at this level or when you get to the big level. Like you said, it's a good. You problem have to, to have. work hard to like you know kind of have some longevity to it to stand mm -hmm. out you mm -hmm. know you don't have to uh, you don't have to work hard to burn out and like go away quickly right you know there's a lot of people that do that in this business you know right but but there's other things like like i said with me you know i i produce i develop yeah. i direct I, I do whatever it is because there's it stand-up isn't the be-all and end-all for me you know yeah. i love doing stand-up you yeah. know and it, it, it always was Back in the day, like I said, it was always my base, like my, what I call home base, like when you play tag. Like if yeah. there was a problem, I always knew I could get on stage. I've, I've gone on stage after some horrific tragedies in my in my family's life, and I just yeah. get up on stage because it's a great release. But it's not making me the money that it did 20 years ago. What's um, – I like to ask people um, any crazy road gigs that you can – that come to mind? Any hellish, <sighs> hellish gigs? Uh, so many. Yeah, give me one that stands out. Um, I was I was really lucky as far as um, uh, I mean. It's got to be one. Come on, but, man. But the the comedy condos that that to me was the hellish thing. Like I remember walking. I was playing I think Des Moines, Iowa, and um, I and the comedy condos for the people who are not, who, are not, who are listening. Comedy back in the day. This when a club is too cheap to give you a hotel. Exactly. <laughs> so they'd rent a hotel. They'd rent a, they'd rent a, yeah. an apartment, and it was always filthy, always filthy. And well, I actually, have never to eat the mayonnaise. Right, <laughs> right. I tell young comics that because I was in a condo with a young comic, and she says, "Wow, there's all these condoms." I said, "Don't eat the mayo. Do not eat the mayo." And she's like, "Why?" I said, "Just don't eat the fucking mayo." All right. Um, she if Anthony stayed there. So, <laughs> I love uh, Louis C.K. Hey, oh, oh god. Hey, you know 
what? I have to just say this about Louis. Here's how you see, and this is why you know you're a yeah, comic. People aren't talking about him enough. Go ahead. No, but, but you're a comic. No, I, I'm not going to bash him. But here's how I'll he. Bash him. Here's how he at least gets the the the, the you know Uh-oh. he gets the tide to turn. If he had gone on stage that first night and just went. um... I have something I need to show you. <laughs> and started to unzip his fly. He, at least it, you would have broke the fucking tension in the goddamn room. Yeah. Anyway, condo story. Um, <laughs> so I walk into the, and it's, you know, because it's, oh, I, I don't know if you, this ever happened, but whenever I would walk, there was always a fat guy <laughs> who hadn't bathed sitting on the couch. Any oh, fucking I condo. I saw that jerking off to porn when I walked into like Char- okay. Char- Char- Chukut's Charlie's. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so she's jerking off the porn. I walked in and was like, "Whoa, hey, hey, I'm the comic here. What's going on?" Right. So there's always a fat guy yeah. jerking off. Yeah, always. and it smelled like like he'd cooked something and he'd burnt it. And I walked into my room because you you know the headliner room, you know, and you just like okay, first of all the sheets if you put a black light on them, yeah. not good. So uh, and I walk into my bathroom and this shower curtain was standing alone without hooks because it was so dirty. Yeah. <laughs> and I called my manager and I said, you have to get me a hotel. And they never booked me back because they were pissed off that, I, that as a woman that I complained that it was dirty. You know, that's funny because there's another comic, redheaded comic, and she's she talked about like she didn't want to play this particular gig and, you know, one of the Atlantic City hotels or something because mm-hmm. it was too dirty or whatever. And she flipped out. And it's funny because I don't think that that's the difference I take to make it an 80s uh, comedy bit. But the difference between men and women is like, I don't fucking care. Like, right. I don't, I don't right. want to get bed bugs. I'd rather not. But right. I don't give a shit. If right. you actually put me up or like in you put a roof over my head i really don't care i'd right. rather not be at a comedy condo right. i'd rather be a chain hotel right. with a continental breakfast but if this is what i got and you're paying me money and i could right. sell a cd or something i don't give a shit yeah but for women it's a different yeah. thing like there was another club that um was right uh the 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 accommodations he it was a hotel uh, but it was like a Best Western or a Red Roof Inn, and it ended up being Section 8 housing next to the comedy <laughs> club. And it was the only time in 40 years on the road that I slept with a chair under the door fully clothed because yeah. I was terrified because it was... And I remember saying to the club owner, I'll go, you know, I'm just going to throw this out because I am a woman, and, you know, you have to kind of worry about my safety. I know I'm a comic, but if something happens to me, I'm coming after you, and my fucking family is going to sue the shit out of you. And he didn't care. He yeah. didn't fucking care. And that's... I stayed at a place that was pretty much a, it was a brothel in Korea. It was like... That's, wow! Yeah, every other room was by the hour, yeah. And we were just, like, hanging out, and the comics, you know... What, what, it was a comedy club? No, it was the troops, and oh, then, for but the they troops. put us off base. Wow! And it was just like basically a brothel. Like they, wow. hookers were just coming in and out. It was hilarious. Oh my god! <laughs> best, and then the other best time, gig I ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the other gig was um, uh, in San Antonio. Okay, played it. Uh, so you know the condo. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. They do hotels now. That's how okay. bad it is. So um, they eventually get, stop doing that. I get a call. I'm not, I'm already in San Antonio. I get a call. There are bats in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Do they offer me a hotel? No. They said open the window. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you just fucking do? It's just bats. bats. It's just bats. Bats. You're not gonna, you're not gonna turn into a vampire. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, who was that comic? Uh, Keith Alberstadt. He has a video out where it's like a bat. He's on stage and a bat keeps hitting his head. He's in a theater and oh. it just swoops down, hits his head, and just keeps going back up. <laughs> and he's just like, he does like five minutes of this, and this like he'll start to get into a joke again, and the bat just swoops down and oh gets it. <laughs> so oh my god! Oh my god! See what we that's go through. So funny. Well, you know, it's the price to pay. I mean, the price, you know, the, it's, it balances it out because yeah. it's like we get to tell dirty jokes for a living. Right. We get to go into basements and crappy fire halls and places around the world just basically making people laugh. There's nothing better than that. Right. But what comes with it is, you know, bad mayonnaise and <laughs> bats in your room <laughs> and sometimes shitty money and sometimes a ridiculous situation. But it's the balance. That's, yeah. you know, that's and just the, what it is. The same condo. Because I, I wasn't smart enough to say, no, I don't want to go back and do yeah. this gig again. The same time I come back from a from the gig. Yeah. And everybody from the building is out there because it was also like a like a meth lab. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there was there was so I could you couldn't get it. I, I it's like ten, you know I got back. This to the, was the projects. No, this was this. Well, yeah, the same place okay. that they, yeah, they yeah, put, yeah. put 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 me up with the bats. Everyone was out <laughs> because they somebody's one of the apartments had got, got caught on fire and we couldn't go back to our room for like four hours. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> but I, like an idiot, I went okay. I'll do it again. <laughs> And what I'll say to you is, uh, who books that? <laughs> <laughs> and can I open for you? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're learning to ask. There you Good go. You. Great having you on the show. Oh, this is great. Carol Montgomery Thank is an you. amazing comedian. Check uh -huh. her out. Um, if you can, you get a chance live. She'll destroy the room just like no other. And I'm um, really excited about your tour and your show. And I hope it Thank gets you. picked up and all that fun stuff. From your mouth to and, God's uh, ears. Yeah. Women of a certain age uh, who are very, very funny. They should tagline it with that. And uh, what can we uh, catch you on social media and yeah, anything going um, on? Just Carol Montgomery um, uh, on Facebook and Carol Montgomery Comic on Instagram and National Mom on Twitter. But this Yay. was so much fun. Oh, thank you. It's so great to have you. And Anthony, where can we catch you? Uh, all my social media is at Anthony Kapfer, K-A-P-F-E-R. And uh, I have a book called Book the Book. It's on Amazon. Book the Book. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Book the book. Uh, Amazon or my website, <laughs> anthonycapfer.com. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's all right. I heard of that. How have you known him this long and not know about Book the Book? I didn't know about Book the Book. I knew oh. about the CDs, but I didn't know about Book the Book. Oh, that was right after Because if I hear it again, I'm going to hang myself. It's <laughs> 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 a great book, though. I'm Wait. writing a new book, I think. Kind of political? No, I well, see, I see you going down that road. I yeah, like it. Maybe I should. I think you should. I think you should do well, a political. Let's, let's decide book. everything uh, on November seventh. Is it November eighth? Sixth. Sixth. Yes. Uh, let's see what happens November seventh if we're still all here. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, vote for a better O'Rourke in Texas. Oh yes, go for better. Go, go Texas. We got to make a change. The guy was in a punk band. Come on, we got to we got to vote for that That's guy. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, you can uh, catch me at Dustin Chafin on Twitter. Um, you can follow us um, on our Twitter page uh, at Leave You With This. We spell like the cool kids. Um, you can uh, also on our Facebook page. And if you're interested in exploring the world of stand-up comedy, uh, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and Skype and all that fun stuff. I will make you a better comic, guaranteed. He's great. Thank you. And uh, you can check that out on my comedy coaching page on Facebook. And thank you for listening to all of you this. Thank you, Anthony, our great producer, and uh, Carol Montgomery. And thank you. And best wishes to you and everything. And hey, everybody, keep on being funny. Bye-bye. Yeah.